Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, South of Cheddar Curtain. It's your boy, Devin Hine, and as always, sitting across from the, the makeshift tables that we have here at Luke's house, <laughs> Mr. Lucas Mueller. You want to do the honors and say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. So, yet again, another happy victory podcast. Absolutely. Our Green Bay Packers triumphed 31-30 to over the Baltimore Ravens. Tight one. It was a tight one. It was a tight one. Yeah, it was a bit of a barn burner, as they would say. Uh, we go up to eleven and three. Baltimore drops to eight and six. Yep. This unfortunately was another one of those games where I had to be at work. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still that whole virus thing going around, so I can't just skip it for Packer games. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. So, thankfully, my co-host is very good with text updates, except for the last like four minutes of the game, <laughs> in which there's a lot going on, man. All right. There was a lot going on, but. You know, our, our friend JP, who we mentioned on the show, shout out to you as always. Uh, it was a text thread between the three of us, and they're just like, oh, crap, defense this, and what the hell was that calling this and that? And I was like, can someone please tell me what's going on? Can I get <laughs> nope. a little info here except for just negative emotions? But all in all, we, we did pull out the win. We did. So as always, when it's you leading the analysis because I missed the game, I want to have you start. And where would you like to start today, Luke? I think just overall, right? <clears throat> we seem to, there seems to be a trend, right? And and I don't want to lose sight of the fact that we won, right? We went into a difficult place to play in Baltimore. We faced a good backup quarterback. Tyler Huntley is, is a good backup quarterback. He could start for a lot of teams. And a hungry team. Right? Very hungry team in the thick of a, the playoff hunt, right? Trying to win their division. Kind of a lot on the line here, right? For them, definitely, yes. Without a doubt, for them. Um, So I don't want to lose sight of all that. It's a very very big win for us. Here comes a big butt, folks. There's a big butt. Man, we really need to score in the first quarter sometimes. (laughs) Like, It's getting a little ridiculous at this point. Um, It feels like we're the exact opposite of what we did, what we were last year, right? We always started out really quick. Scored on like every first possession, right? We even we've talked about this several times at this point, but this was another one where we just we go down early. And it's just like oh, da, 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 da. maybe we should play this thing called football. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And then we come roaring back, take the lead, and then we just kind of hold on at the end. And this keeps happening, and it's fine right now. We keep winning, right? But eventually, we're not going to be playing the Lamar Jacksonless Ravens. Or the Bears. We're going to be playing teams that you can't go down by 10 points to, right? We play the Bucks again, and we do the same thing we did last time. We're still going to lose. Like, it just, this is what happens. We can't go down like that to some of the top contenders. You need to put your best foot forward, right? With everything in life. Oh, we're getting deep here, folks. We are. But especially when you're the Green Bay Packers and have the greatest quarterback, potentially of all time, but what are you doing just starting, oh, three and out all the time? All the time, especially coming off first drive for the Ravens, right? Drive right down the field, big fourth down stop. Javondre Campbell just doing what he does. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great play. Campbell's soup is good. And what do we do? Three and out. Was it on that first Packers drive where we had the uh, the missed Devontae, or was that yep. the second? Yeah, that was third down. Third down before we missed that kind of in, in the hole there in the cover, too. So there seems to be a thought in Packer Nation that maybe the the sluggish start 
So it starts, forgive me, because this is, as you said, this is an ongoing trend. It is. Maybe that's through the fact that Rodgers isn't really practicing. Yeah, I was thinking about that, and, and at this point, I don't really have anything else. Any other hypothesis? Ziz. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know how much I buy that, though. At least on my side, right? No, it, do, it doesn't feel like that can be the reason. Think of how many times Aaron has made these throws. Right. And these aren't. These aren't new receivers he's throwing to. No. I mean, even like what, Lazard, MVS, some of the younger guy, younger, quote unquote, like comparatively, he's only throwing to them for years. You Correct. know, he's not not doing warmups. He's not not stretching at the facility and stuff during the week. You you make it seem like he's just like a like a brick like before just, the game. He's and, just chilling on the couch until like, oh, it's eleven fifty nine. I should probably go ro- roll out here, you know throw the blanket off let's go put the helmet on let's throw a football yeah that's like, not what he's doing not folks. what's happening um it feels like it though if we're being honest because man we start slow week in and week out and we can't keep doing this now maybe we can get away with it this upcoming week which we'll get into mm-hmm. um pretty much the rest of our season we might be able to get away with it but even right the vikings game good example of this again like come on guys Feels like almost every game we play, go down, fight back, hang on to the lead, occasionally lose the lead. You know, it's just back and forth, back and forth. It doesn't need to be we are a better team than this, especially we're definitely a better offense than this. We got to do something, especially that first drive for the Ravens, real long, right? It's a long drive for them. Essentially exclusively Mark Andrews, but long drive. Defense gets off the field. Great job, guys. You know, go sit down. It's the beginning of the game, but you don't want to start off two back-to-back kind of drives like that. Three and out. Put them right back on the field. Yeah, we didn't do many favors there. Don't love that. Mm-mm. Don't love it at all. You got to be good team players. Exactly. Exactly. You got to be complimentary in some way, it, and we just weren't. Now, like I said, we don't want to lose the big picture here. The big picture is we won. You'll take every away win you can get. You don't really care how, right? Because we assume we're going to be great at Lambeau. It's just how many of those games can we win on the road? Especially in a hard environment to play like Baltimore. Right? Great fans. All that kind of thing. Really invested in the team. So good job, Packers. Good job. Good job, Packers. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Because as I said earlier, I missed the game. So I'm getting texts from you. Trying to see what I can while I'm at work. Watching highlights afterwards, I didn't see any muffs on special teams. You did not. So, little victory there? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly take that. Um, <clears throat> I, heard, I heard that they put Kevin King and Douglas, and I want to say Lazard out there, so we're yeah. kind of putting our guys a little more experience, which also means they're more valuable to the team, so that makes you a little bit nervous. A little bit nervous, you don't want to get a kind of a freak injury on special teams to one of your core guys, yeah. But also, I mean, you can't play the what-if game, right? Right. We can't have special teams continue to cost us games. Yeah, if you don't have guys that can play out there, we're going to give up points. Right. Right. So we can't be shooting ourselves in the foot with that. No, we can't, but you bring up a good point. Special teams were solid. I mean, Mason, Silver Fox, Crosby, looked great again. We'll take it. We'll take it. it. All it, kicks were inbounds, two on kickoffs? All kicks were inbounds. None of the field goals even made me nervous. There was only one. You know, I, at this point, <laughs> they went through the uprights. I'm good. 
But extra points, sometimes he gets a little shaky on those. You know, he'll make them, but you know, we start creeping towards that left upright. Gets a little closer comfort. Yeah, yeah. Nope, not this time. Just, just drilling them. Looked good. Looked good. Uh, our boy, um, Borquez, he had a couple not great punts, but you know, we'll give him a pass this week. He's been outstanding the rest of the year. Yeah, there was that one punt late. What was it like a thirty-five yarder or something? That was the problem. It was a really important punt. <sighs> okay, but at least. I would rather have a short, I don't want to call it a shank, but just a punt that you would that is shorter than you would like it to be than to kick it right to a good punter turner. I don't even know who is back there for the Ravens, but after what we oh, saw against I the do. Bears. And we'll get to that. Oh, I want to know now who is back there for the Ravens. Devin Duvernay, who was my draft crush two years ago. Oh. Because, right, let's think about it for a second. We took Jordan Love, right? Everybody wanted a wide receiver in the first round. We didn't take one. Second round. We don't take one. We take A.J. Dillon. People are like, what is going on, man? Where are these wide receivers? By the time we get to the third round, and I love the NFL draft, right? Love it. Mm-hmm. I only knew who one person was that played wide receiver, and that was Devin Duvernay. He was my man. Texas, right? Texas. Spe- partially because he's a great special teams player, kick returner, punt returner, right? He's got that short, stocky build, very fast. I mean, they utilize him in a lot of different ways. Figured he would be great. I mean, similar to the kind of Amari Rogers with more juice. I De- productive Amari Rogers. <laughs> I didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to be mean. Um but Duvernay's got kind of that long speed to him, if that makes sense. He's not super agile, especially considering he's a smaller guy. He doesn't have that kind of quick he's not Jakeem Grant out there. But he can still stretch the field vertically. Oh, without a doubt. The dude's got wheels. He is very fast and well put together. You know, thick guy like that. So I loved him. I wanted him really bad. We didn't take him. I blame all our special teams' woes on not taking Devin Duvernay. But we took your boy instead, Josiah. So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair and to be fully honest, when we took those picks, I was not happy in the slightest. I remember. Were any of us really happy? Nope, not a single one. Anybody in Packer Nation who's listening, if you were happy with those picks, you want to send us an email to... What is it, Luke? South the Cheddar Curtain at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Send us a message. But I really doubt we're going to get any because I don't think anybody was happy with those picks in the moment. Literally no one was happy with those picks at the moment. We picked um, right two players in our two strongest positions. And then the third player, Josiah, on a position that did not even exist. So not great. Not great. But long game, right? Things have turned out just, just fine. Just fine. So... Let's uh let's talk about the offense a little bit, shall we? We shall. We shall. So talking about receivers, right? About you know passing on Devin Duvernay and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I here think, we go. I think everybody knows where I'm going. Where here I'm we going go. with this game. Take the floor, Devin. Mr. Marquez Valdez Scantling, my boy. Call yep. him Randy Moss Jr. because he's only six five. He's got the speed. I don't want to say this is his coming out game, but this was his get right game of the season. Rodgers made a concerted effort to get him involved. Finished with five catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. But what I really love to see out of him, for a long time, Marquez was just like a one-trick pony. Mm -hmm. You'd put him on the outside. You'd send him on a fly route. He would run very fast in one direction. Just straight. Which was was still good. He would still beat coverage. He would still stretch the field. He would still shift coverage. He was still very useful. Right. Okay. 
this year we've beginning to see a little bit more out of the route tree. Mm-hmm. And I think this game was the most I've seen out of a diverse route tree for MVS. On the touchdown from Rodgers, it was like a seven, eight yard slant. Right. Going over the middle, getting inside release on somebody. You're now having him run. A couple of his catches were deep ins mm-hmm. to the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. I think early on in his career, you know, he's so tall and I hesitate to say lanky. He's kind of lanky. But I would be scared to see him take a big hit, or at least right. I, I would have been early on in his career. The one first down early in like the second or the second quarter, I think it was. It was on kind of a a flag to the corner that he finds a hole in the defense and sits down. I mean, the guy is showing that he's he's not just a one trick pony. So not only can he stretch the defense vertically, but then he also brings the the horizontal value. Yeah. It just opens up things for more people. Yeah, it, and it's what was kind of holding him back from really being a number two wide receiver, in my mind, was kind of expanding that route tree. Um, you know, because if you think about it more or less, he was basically what, like Tedkin Jr.? Okay, let's not say that about Randy. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's kind of That was kind it of It was limited thing, right? role, for sure. Right, limited role. You run really fast that direction. You're going to be on the field a lot, though. Um but didn't really see much out of uh, any kind of possession skills, right? Or or a real mastery of the route tree. I'll agree with you there. Correct, correct. And I think one of my favorite plays from him outside of the, the touchdown was was great. And he had that one deep play kind of down the right sideline a little bit, which looked good. That was a normal MVS play. Touchdown was great. A little bit of a contested catch. He kind of had to be strong through through the tackle attempt and kind of reach out. That looked great. That looked like a real wide receiver out there. Um but I think my favorite one was when he kind of chucked it out to him in the flat real quick, right? That he makes a move, kind of gets tackled, kind of falls down, right? Gets the first down. And that's what we do with Devontae like three times a game mm-hmm. at least, right? Is you just, you trust that guy out there to beat the corner, right? Catch the ball, beat the corner. Somehow, doesn't matter how, run through him, run around him, juke him, whatever, stiff arm. But you're trusting your guy out there to make that first man miss to get a positive play. And he did. And I really, really enjoyed seeing that because it's such a staple of our offense. Even though it's not really even a play, right? You just see the corner back off. Um, Aaron will like make a little signal out there. Just poop, there it goes. Doesn't matter what the actual play call is. But it's such an important part of our offense still that having someone besides Devontae, and we run it with Lazard occasionally, is awesome. Which kind of shows the trust and the maturity he's reaching at this point. And hopefully this will just be a building block. I want to see more of this going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we always talk about, especially with this team this year, you know, people go down with injury and other guys have opportunities to step up. We talked about Cobb being out. So all the other receivers besides Devontae get more snaps. Right. And I think that since Cobb has been out, I mean, obviously this was Marquez's game. Lazard had a big game last week. He still did nice things this week. Mm-hmm. Guys are stepping up when they've been given their opportunities. You know, Devontae did have a good game, 6 or 44. He had the nasty touchdown, which we're going to get to. But this just felt like a game where everybody did something in the passing game. Yeah, I would agree with that, including Big Dog. Big Dog. I mean, Big Dog was out there just stealing people's souls. Mercedes Lewis, for those of you who don't know, who is... And if you don't 44, know, you, 45 you years old at this point. Been, I mean, he's like at least retirement age. I mean, he's getting AARP <laughs> things sent to him in the mail without a doubt. Um, 
I was so bummed. He almost had a touchdown. He just he just couldn't quite get through the guy. He's and the fact that he's so out close. there spinning people and juking, not just his usual truck stick. I mean, the man's got some diversity. Which is hilarious, given that it's like a slow-mo juke, but dude can stop on a dime. <laughs> I don't know how. Especially, he's big. He's a big guy. But you wouldn't expect it. You really wouldn't. So you put it on film, and I know I'm a repeating record, folks, but then if you're a defender next week, in the coming weeks, and you have Mercedes Lewis trucking at you, A, good luck, but B... Maybe he's not going to truck you. Maybe he's going to spin you. Maybe you're going to get spun by a 38-year-old tight end <laughs> and be on Center for years. Embarrassing. Think about that. Right? And I think that's probably where the, some of the, the juke success comes from, right? Is that people are just flailing at his feet because they know they're going to die if they go up high. <laughs> so I'm just going to kind of dive at their feet. And he's like, whoop, to the side real quick. Um, I absolutely love Big Dog. And I love that he's somehow become like a legitimate part of the offense somehow well i know how obviously big bob r.i.p but man i love it i get so excited every time every time and it's always on like that same naked bootleg it feels like where he's just the option the flat if no one deep is open yeah teams but it's so really consistent. start covering him it's so consistent i feel like people literally forget that he's not an offensive tackle <laughs> That may be I mean, the problem. It's about their size. He can sort of blend in. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Especially with all the chipping that we've been having him doing with yeah. our issues of tackle. It can be a little understandable they forget about him out there. Right. Especially when you have Devontae and Marquez and Lizard King and all the boys running around. You don't think it's the 38-year-old tight end who's going to hurt you. You don't. But there he goes. Exactly. Speaking of tight end, Deguara oh. doing some oh, things. Oh, I got excited. Oh, no, we're going to go to him. Don't worry. Good. Good. Again, Deguara doing some things. Three catches, 16 yards. He had one important one for a first down. Again, looks like Rodgers is trusting him more, which right. we know how important right. that is. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Rodgers' trust, so for a few weeks now, we've seen this kid, Mr. Tyler Davis, who is, I believe he was drafted, what, in the sixth round by Jacksonville? Yeah. Picked him up on waivers in the offseason. Feels like he's the kind of guy that would be from Illinois that I would talk about nonstop. He's not, though. Spoiler alert, guys. So that's kind of a bummer. He feels like in this long line of random white Packer tight ends that we have like <laughs> that should never play but then they get in the field and they and they do work right like Spencer Havner I was getting all right <laughs> here is another one of my favorite parts of the show where we list off random Packers that most of you have no idea who we're talking about <laughs> and we're, you probably shouldn't realistically we're gonna go Spencer Havner oh god love him Tom he, Crabtree he, oh Tom Crabtree was the goat of Ju- random terrible tight ends Justin Perlo. Ooh, no, Tom Crabtree for that, for the fake field goal. Yeah. All day. All Against day. the Bears. Or uh, or Spencer, because he was also a linebacker sometimes. Yeah, I think he was originally a linebacker. Well, yeah. so was Corey Hall. Back in the days, like, 08 to, like, 10, we used to just draft linebackers and make him go play offense. Hilarious. <laughs> but he had that he had that big game. He had, like, two touchdowns. Spencer had, like, two touchdowns in a playoff game or something. Like, just kind of went off there for a little bit. I think it was against Farb's Vikings once. He had two touchdowns in the losing effort. And then, yeah, yeah against Arizona, he had a couple as well. Yeah, just crazy. It was like two games he showed up for, and the rest of them, he just like didn't get any snaps. Yep. Either he killed it or he didn't play. There was nothing in the middle. Hey, and I respect that. But Tom Crabtree, I mean, because him and Rodgers go way back. They're yeah. like best buds. Creed, I mean. I'm really new back in. Okay. All right, we get like a like a minute and a half cap. Man, for I, our, I could talk about Tom Crabtree for a while. I understand that, so I'm bringing this back in. Okay. So back to the lineage. To what I'm talking flow. about this. 
Tyler Davis, this guy who I don't think is at a target yet this season, Rodgers hits him down the seam, which means like right down the middle, mm-hmm. 22-yarder, and oh. the kid caught it, took a shot, went down, came back up, you know, throw him in the first down like he's Rob Gronkowski. Like he's done this a yeah. hundred times. Right. He looked like Big Bob out there. R.I.P. <sighs> okay, let's not get to he that, looked, he, You said that. That's a looked, lot coming from you. He looked kind of like Big Bob like two, three years ago when I was the only one on the Big Bob train. That you were. So that's just high praise. Tyler Davis, I hope you're listening to the show. I'm expecting big things. Obviously not as big things as Big Bob because he's not from McHenry, but he's from somewhere in New York. So that's kind of a bummer. Well, but you can't okay. expect that big things. He's not He's not big Tyler. He's just Tyler. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. So, yeah, it was, it was a nice game for the offense. Also, you know, you've been harping on a lot lately about the running game. And I would mm. seem like A.J. Dillon was taking over as the primary yeah. back, that he right. was more effective, which I think all of us would agree with. And then Aaron Jones is like, not nah. so fast, Luke. Not, nah, dude. Not so fast. I liked his utilization. He looked fresh. He had a couple, I think you'd call them just gash runs mm-hmm. up the middle and mm-hmm. just looked explosive and out of those holes, right? You usually think that up the middle you would want A.J. Dillon, the bigger back, to just run right down their throat. But Aaron Jones still showing that he is Aaron Jones. And we've seen this from him. I mean, he really has a unique ability, despite his size, to be kind of an interior runner. I mean, he clearly wants to bounce a lot of stuff, which makes sense. But he just kind of squirts through holes, right? And that was best ev- best evidenced when he had that year with a crazy amount of touchdowns. And he was like the best goal line back in the NFL somehow, despite being tiny in comparison. But he scored every time within like the five-yard line, give him the ball, he'd find a way through. And you kind of see some of that still sometimes, which is great. It means he's feeling good, he's healthy, he's fresh, largely thanks to A.J. Dillon, I'm sure, kind of taking some of that load off, like you mentioned. But he looked really good. Like you said, explosive. He didn't have any like crazy long runs, but we really just need the run game to be consistently a factor. It doesn't have to be huge. And something that's hard to remember Right? It's like Baltimore had the number one rush defense in the league coming into this game. And something we should also remember is that I believe we had one opening day starter in the offensive line playing. And it was the fourth round rookie, Royce Newman. Yeah. Precisely. And we still ran the ball, like you said, just well enough. Right. Right. And that's all it is. Just make it be a factor. That's all you need. And then let Rodgers do his awesome guitar fakes and then roll out and dump it off to big Bob or uh, big dog. So that's clearly where, how we all win with the run game. That's how we all win. And I think, you know, we should be getting both tackles back. Josh uh, Myers may not happen. I'm still hoping for it. I don't think we've heard about Josh Myers like ever at this point. I hope he's still alive. <laughs> like, I feel like we keep getting like box closed. You know, he's, 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 practicing. he's practicing, you know, maybe we'll get Z back. It's like, do people forget that we have this this center that hasn't played in a while? Yeah, the, the lack of news, I think, indicates that he is no news is the bad farthest news. away. Yeah. In this situation, no news is bad news. No news is definitely bad news, which sucks because he was having a really promising uh, rookie year. But that's okay. Another thing we've talked about with the offense, right, is the versatility with the running backs. It was a little bit on display again. Nothing crazy. I mean, they didn't have any any really outstanding stats or anything receiving. But Aaron Jones had that beautiful little receiving touchdown. Once again, where he just kind of like ends up in the flat and then just 
turns it up a little bit, wide open by himself in the end zone. Rodgers scrambles out to the left, just kind of flicks it to him. No one's anywhere near him. Just the intelligence that Aaron Jones has on some of these routes, just kind of break him off and find soft spots, is something you don't really see out of a running back. They don't work on this frequently. This isn't really their thing, right? But he has just kind of a really high football IQ to figure out where he needs to go to be most useful. I want to go back to that play. So me watching the highlights, they unfortunately don't show replays. So from what you could tell, there was no, like, there wasn't a slip from a defensive back or a linebacker. He just found the soft spot, the extremely soft spot, because there was, like, there were no defenders on screen. No. No, he just kind of slipped right behind that first level of defense, and that was it. The second week in a row, he's done that, right? So just being smart enough to make that decision, not just kind of, like, stand in there while covered, you know, run to open ground, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's what he did. And when you have a quarterback like Rodgers who will go off script like that, no problem. These past couple of years is the only time that I've been comfortable seeing receivers out, like, out wide, like, in the shotgun formation. Yep. I usually feel like it's a waste, but, I mean, our guys will make them pay. If, yeah. if they're not being accounted for and treated seriously. Exactly. I mean, Aaron Jones, what a weapon. What a weapon, right? Even if, if the stats don't really show a crazy game, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon both had solid days. Solid days. To defense we go? To defense we go. So I have two major takeaways from defense from, okay. I guess I could say three. Now I'm thinking of another one. And I did not, as we know, watch the game in its entirety. So one... Mm-hmm. I thought it was very noticeable that Kenny Clark was not playing. Yeah, that was rough. I mean, on a lot of these read option plays, you either you, you, on the option you have you have two options. You either go to the outside or you hand to the middle. And the plays where they ran to the middle, it's because Kenny Clark wasn't there. Right. Right. Like you really noticed that the offense line was getting a much stronger push through mm-hmm. the center of our defense, mm-hmm. which would not have happened if Kenny Clark was there. Right, Devondre Campbell. I'm gonna say he had a wouldn't see had a bad game against the run, but he was not able to act as freely because he wasn't able to roam as freely because he didn't have Kenny Clark taking up two or three blockers for him. Correct. He had a lot more people kind of in his face at the second level. So that was one thing I noticed was that. Yeah, we made Latavius Murray look useful, and that's never a good thing. Yeah, yeah, he was he was never really good. So that's just not okay. <laughs> no, never. We need to figure out how to cover tight ends. We'll get more in depth about it, but Mark Andrews going off for 136 and two touchdowns when it seemed like we knew that's who they were going to. Yeah, and he had five for 95 and two tuds at half. Yeah, he went off. He absolutely did. And while Marquise Brown also had 10 catches, it was like for 43 yards and just yeah, didn't, it, didn't feel comparable. There was that there was that drive there towards the end. And, and without being able to watch the whole game, you probably didn't get quite the feel for it. But it, it was very odd watching it. It's like, um, I think it was our second to last drive or something like that. And Stokes was playing off Marquise Brown. He went like 10 yards off. And they just threw it to Marquise Brown like four times in a row for four yards. So that's kind of where a lot of his stats came from. Four plus four plus four. This is literally what happened. It's a first like, down. It's, it works. It just kept happening. And it was like, all right, well, clearly we're trying to to not give up the big play, you know, kind of make them earn getting back into this game a little bit. But the good news was is that Stokes was there in a nanosecond, dropped him on the spot every time. 
So that was great. Love to see that that kind of closing speed and then know what to do when you get there, right? You don't want, even if you close fast, you don't want Marquise Brown to just kind of spin out and poof, there he goes because no one else is going to catch him besides Stokes, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of where the 10 for 43 comes from. It, you're completely fine with that, I think. Yeah, I'm happy with how we controlled him. My point was more so that it didn't feel, again, I didn't see the game in its entirety. Mm-hmm. So, of course, when I'm watching the 15-minute highlight really put together on NFL.com, which, by the way, shout out to them because I really appreciate their effort and all Absolutely. they do. Um, it just felt like it was a Mark Andrews show. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, Mark Andrews ate our lunch. Uh, not our lunch. Savage's lunch. So we're going to circle back to it. The only other point I really wanted to make right now is that, and this is kind of unrelated to us, is I think Tyler Huntley is going to get paid somewhere. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he he's good. I apparently undersold him when I talked about him last week, and I apologize. As being the only person listening to this podcast that had ever actually watched him play before, I could pretty much guarantee that. Um, yeah, you were all about that. I watched him play twice at Utah. When I I did, hey, and I said that he tore us apart, to be fair. Uh, he looked a lot like this. Um, he's he's a good player. He's a good player. And I think they brought up something that I found really interesting is how he runs is obviously not Lamar Jackson. No one else is Lamar Jackson, right? But he ran and affected the defense much more similar to, similarly to like Kyler Murray or early Russ, I think. And kind of where I'm going with this is we kept seeing him leak out to the sides of the pocket, right? Over and over and over and over and over again. A lot of big plays came out of that. A lot of his runs came out of that. And that was largely due to our outside backers and and ends kind of losing contain time and time again. They would kind of start correct and a good, good outside leverage, keep contain, and for some dumb reason, they'd spin inside or they'd swim move inside. And then, whoa, there goes Tyler Huntley out the outside. And I'm wondering if some of that has to do with the fact that if Lamar's playing, that's not a bad idea. Lamar likes running up the middle, weirdly enough. But when he gets, when he feels pressure, he'll take off straight, right? He'll go straight up. He's not necessarily going to loop all the way around like a class quarterback would just kind of buy more time, right? Like what Aaron does and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If he feels that pressure, he's just going to tuck and go. So kind of clogging up the middle makes a little bit more sense then. But against Tyler Huntley and the, the kind of way he was scrambling, it just killed us, losing contain time and time again. So I found that very interesting. And obviously, he looked good. He looked really good in the game. So yeah, he's going to get paid. I could easily see him being a starter somewhere. I mean, he he's better than at least two of the quarterbacks in the NFC North, that's for sure. You have to go to a system where the coach is going to be designing the offense around him, right? Like he can't go to a Nagy because someone like Nagy would ruin him. But if you have somebody like Harbaugh who's going to make the offense around his player's strengths, then yeah, this guy's going to succeed. Yeah, I'd agree. Which I feel like we are, I mean, you see it in Baltimore. It's like Philly's kind of copying as well, bringing back the power running game with the option. Yeah, yeah. Those are really the two kind of, like alternative offenses that are being played in the NFL, right? Because even the Bills run Josh Allen a lot, but they, it's not quite the same. They do some QB power and stuff like that, but it's not quite as focused because they're way too busy just throwing the ball every play. And as a secondary Bills fan, I will tell you the Bills have no running backs. 
Correct. with any salt. Like, Correct. There's a reason Josh Allen is leading rusher, and not because he's the second coming of Michael Vick out of the pocket. It's because well, they have nobody I else. I mean, Baltimore's trotting out Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman, so it's not like they have anybody either. They're looking better than Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Which seems odd. Shout out to Zach Moss coming up twice in two two weeks here because he played next to Tyler Huntley at Utah. <laughs> what a backfield. It's talking about more than you ever should based on the playing field. <laughs> yeah, he's been a healthy scratch, right? That's that's rough. But yeah, Tyler Huntley looked good, didn't make any big mistakes. Um tucked in and ran when needed, I think. Uh they ran QB power a couple times, which can be really hard to defend if you have a good quarterback for it. Um kind of didn't run it nearly as often as they would have with Lamar, because that's kind of a staple of him. They only pulled it out a couple times, but he still handled it well. I, I was very impressed with him. We should be thankful they didn't run quarterback power because QB power often goes right up the middle. Correct. Which, as we mentioned earlier, Kenny Clark no, was Kenny Clark. not playing, so we were definitely a little soft up there. Yeah, yeah, and you could definitely feel that. We we did not get a lot of pressure. We got none up the middle. A little disappointed in um, Slayton and one of my boys, Tyler Lancaster. But it is what it is. I mean, they're not Kenny Clark. We already knew that. Right, Tyler Lancaster isn't Kenny Clark. We've talked about this before. What? We just need Tyler Lancaster coming for a couple plays. Don't be terrible. Maybe make like a good player too. That's his job. Right? We've I, gone over this. I know. I know. But I just had to rub that in just a little bit. Naperville zone. Naperville zone. All right. Yep. So let's go to this whole Mark Andrews thing, right? Oh boy. And I think I predicted before. Before, like last week, we talked about this, right? They were playing Mark Andrews. This is going to be a good test to see how we do against tight ends because in the past, this has been a problem. And oh boy, oh boy, was still a problem. A problem. Absolutely. Still a big, big problem, which I don't love when I think about some of these playoff teams we could be facing. Um, Although, let's just glass half full for a hot second. Yeah. Because are the playoffs starting now? No. So it's exposed that we have an issue with this. Yeah. So maybe we figure something out, but then the other side of that coin is that now these other teams that we could see in the playoffs, like the Bucks with Gronk, uh, Cardinals, if we see them again, Zachary, will mm-hmm. have more experience in the offense. These teams will know, like, oh, we should get our tenant involved. Right. Right. So, like you said, kind of a double-edged sword there. We'll see. But yeah, Savage on Andrews, right? You feel okay about that going into the game. You feel pretty good, right? Worst game of his career. Either that or the uh, Niners championship game. Yeah, they were both rough. This was awful. Awful to I see. Mean, and it started right off the bat, right? Missed that tackle. Andrews goes for 44 yards on a relatively short route. If you just bring him down, it's like a 12-yard gain, whatever. Okay, keep it moving. But missed tackles, bad angles, and even on the touchdown, the... <clears throat> Both of them, I suppose. Although he was complaining about um, offensive pass interference on the one diving one. There's nothing you're going to do about that. That was an incredible throw and incredible catch. It is what it is at that point. But the second one, where he's going to the left in the back of the end zone, I have no idea what Savage is doing. Right? He, he's right there in position. Good coverage. Maybe he doesn't pick it off or whatever. But for some unknown reason, he ends up, he's like kind of in trail position. Right? following him across the back of the end zone. Somehow, he ends up behind Mark Andrews. What good is that going to do you? 
Absolutely nothing. Unless Mark Andrews so is on his fantasy team, maybe, and he maybe. needed like one more touchdown maybe. to win. So then he's there for the solid tackle in the end zone. <laughs> you know, I mean, that felt like a play where you're trying to limit the damage of the play, right? And you see that, and there's time and place for that to be the smart way to go about it, right? Not if the time, trying. nor the place. Not in the end zone, where mm. it, does, it doesn't matter if he gets tackled or not. It's going to be a touchdown. Like, you're going to have to try to undercut that get into his hand somehow something like that but he just kind of like allowed himself to end up behind mark andrews when he was in good trail position maybe he doesn't make the play maybe it's a touchdown regardless but didn't even try to really make a play on the ball he's like i'm just gonna catch you when you fall down useless like you said there's just there's no explanation for that there was a few plays in this game where it's like okay luke and i played what high school football Yep. Okay, and yeah, we're fans and we watch, but like, if we know what to do in that situation, right? And you're a professional athlete whose livelihood and the ability to put food on your table is on stake, like, what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? You're not a rookie. This isn't your first game, Savage. No, and you've shown that you're a competent, good player. At times, you've been great. I mean, the second half of last season was he was a great player, right? There's been great moments this season when there he's been attacking been. the ball on short routes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It so, seems, if I may, there are a couple, a couple of the plays that I did see. He's good at driving on the ball when it's like a short, which is like yeah. a hitch route or something. He's good at driving on the receivers. He's attempting to make the catch, but he just seems to really struggle in key situations at locating and being in a good position to actually get the ball. Yeah, I mean, you can like pinpointing it, like somebody against Mark Andrews, right? He's a big physical guy, but some of these felt like they were lofters from Huntley, and right. he should have had an easy pick on. And how he didn't come away with it was just kind of baffling. He should have been able to attempt to make a play on the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Like like the one I brought up is a good example of that, or at least try to knock it away, do something, right? Not just kind of let it happen. So yeah, I clearly, like I said, going into the game, I would have said, I feel okay about Savage on Andrews. Yeah, that's probably what I would do. That's what I would do too. Right? That's that's probably one of your better options. So we tried Savage for most of the first half. Did not work. Didn't work, so we switched it up a little bit. Although, to go back for just a second. Of course. We should give Savage props for the game-saving tip. Although, that ball wasn't making it through to Andrews anyways. I think Stokes was in great position. He would have ended up with the PBU anyways. But I also laughed that we put Stokes on him. <laughs> it's like, hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. I'm like, all right, everybody had a shot. Eric, it's your turn. Please don't mess up, kid. And you know what? He didn't. He didn't. He was right there. I agree if somehow uh, Savage doesn't make that play, Stokes is right there. I have He's confidence right there. in the kid. Yeah, 100%. But that was kind of a hilarious play anyways. I We haven't even really brought up the fact that that's how they lost but and how we won. But on that play, you know, you probably saw it in the replays, right? The second the ball is snapped, Savage just sprints towards that spot. That was it. Like, the second the ball was snapped, he ignored everything and sprinted to that front corner. Just dead sprint. Dude's in the middle of the field when that play starts, and he makes the breakup there in the corner. I'm like, whew. Thank God that Huntley didn't, that there really was no one coming through the backside because they would have been wide open. Neither here nor there. Savage recognized the play clearly and broke on that ball like we talked about, like like you brought up. That's his strength right now. I think I want to see him keep evolving, but like 
He broke on that ball, saw it, and then acted on it immediately, saved the game. So kudos to him for that. And also kudos for him to be able to come back from such a bad game to make such an impactful play at the end. I was just going to say that. This game, life in general, is all about adversity and how you respond to it. We're getting deep again. (laughs) We got to. Life lessons, man. This isn't just a football podcast, man. We got to give tidbits to our people. These are hard times. It's a hard world out there right now. We got to give a little bit of inspiration back to them. We're here for you guys. We're here for all y'all. But yeah, like you said, Savage coming back after having, as we agreed on, one of the worst games of his career. Mm Got to give him some props. So I'm always going to hype up my boys. And I'm always going to acknowledge when they fall a little short of my expectations. So they tried a few different options covering Mr. Mark Andrews. And we talked about last week yep. about what was going to happen when Jair came back. How we we're going to match things up. Maybe we would see Henry Black take a seat. Mm-hmm. And then you move, what did we discuss? I guess maybe Jair going inside. We weren't really sure what was going to happen, but we thought that it would be another corner. And then right. Henry Black takes a seat. So they did that early without Jair coming back. And instead they put Kevin King in his spot, which Luke and I discussed before the show. If you think about it, a lot of what Henry Black does ideally is a lot of zone coverage when he's in the middle of the field as right. a disruptor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kevin King's a big guy. He is. Not the fastest. Even though he was supposed to be, I think his his injuries have robbed him of that, yeah. But so this seems like this would be a spot where he could succeed. Another question is how much did he practice that? Yeah, I don't know if that was a an option coming into the game. Did you see it much in the first half? No, no, it was basically just savage in the first half. Um, so do we think that was just like a last second, hey, yeah, I think that for was the a, hell of it, let's just give it a shot? I think that was an adjustment. And honestly, I forgot that that was an option. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, huh, yeah, no, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I was like, the fir- my first thought was like, you know what? That's that's not stupid. That may work. It, it probably mixed results, I guess. I mean, it wasn't as obviously terrible as savage. He didn't lock him down either, but like you said, we don't know practice. Did he even know that was going to be his his kind of position in the game? We don't know, but I like that that's an option we have. Yeah, I think it's a good option. I mean, we have not gotten the production out of Kevin King that we would like, but no. he still has physical assets. He is still, I would say, a luxury to have as your what third or fourth best fourth best corner on the team. Yeah, yeah. if he's lucky. And when Jared comes back, I'd put Sully over him still. So that's, what, five? Yeah. He's still a luxury to have. He's still a big physical body. Way better than anybody else's five. 100%. So as we discussed earlier, you know, it's this is going to be how do we address this going forward. Right. The tight end issue. I think that he should still get looks in practice as a potential solution to this problem. Yeah, no, I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. I think that's a good option to have in your bag and kind of throw out there. And <clears throat> This is something that happens a lot more kind of in the NBA where you throw different people, throw different defenders on on a specific star, star player, right? Give them different looks, kind of beat them up a little bit type of thing. That's kind of thought. And I like having that option, you know, because King and Savage are both very different players, right? So Sully, if he's guarding him in the slot, what have you. Throwing different looks at him. 
you know, if he's been being savage the same way all game, yeah, let's put King out there. See if we can just mess him up a little bit, you know? I like having that option. I like that we did that. Mixed results, and that's fine. But we tried something. And I think that could be a very useful way to use Kevin King. And it's not the playoffs yet. Experiment so, now. Experiment now. Get it figured out before the playoffs. Correct. So do we want to go to Cleveland now? Do you have any other thoughts? Do you want to talk about what happened with the rest of the NFC this week? Where do you want to go? Yes. Yes to Cleveland? Yes. And then we'll get to the rest of the NFC because it was a very important week for us. This was a very important week for us. This was a very good week for us. Okay, we're just going to talk about the NFC yeah, now. I guess Apparently, we're that's fine. Around. That's fine. So, very good week for us. Almost perfect. Almost. Almost perfect. So, somehow, the Lions. Oh, man, those Lions. The knee biting Lions were able to beat the Cardinals. Dan Campbell biting kneecaps. Biting kneecaps. So, we now have the number one seed in the NFC, and we are in the driver's seat. If we win out, the Super Bowl goes through Lambeau. It absolutely does. It does. And I think we have a very winnable schedule from here on out. You know, knock on wood. We are at least favorited in every single game. Now, we to are. be clear, talking to the rest of our opponents that obviously listen to the show, I am not saying that I think we're going to beat you. We're going to steamroll you. It's not a foregone conclusion. That's just what Las Vegas thinks. That is just what Las Vegas thinks. Right. And, you know, the Cardinals were definitely favored against the Lions, so we know how that can go. Way to go, Lions. I'm also just happy for them as a team because it feels like they just try their little hearts out. Right? They try so hard. Didn't they nearly beat Kansas City in like week two or three? Yep. They try so hard. They're not the laughable lions of our childhood. No. No, they are not. They're also not the good lions that were there for like a year Don't you just mean the Calvin Johnsons? Correct. That was the entire team. The fighting Calvin Johnsons. Don't hurt me in the playoffs, Matt Stafford. I'm sorry. Correct. Good call. <laughs> good call. Um, but yes, they're not the fighting Calvin Johnsons. However, I'm kind of proud of them. You know? Yeah, it's like man. Little, it's like, you go, guys. You They're know? like the harmless little brother. Correct. They're so far from us, just just team-wise, right? I And if we ever are at that level, oof, this going to be a very different podcast. But Very sad podcast. <laughs> very sad podcast. But you know what? I'm, I'm pulling for them. I am pulling for them. And you know Jared Goff's not going to be the quarterback next year probably, so that part doesn't really much matter. But they're building a culture there, a culture that tries – and does not get blown out much anyways. But they're going to try. They don't have a ton of talent. They got heart, though. They do. They do have heart. They 100% have heart. Love to see it. And then randomly, they're just going to upset people, and it's going to make everyone laugh. And it, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. Way to go, Lions. I've never disliked the Lions. Never. I never, mean, I, th- right? I think it's pretty obvious that... They're, they're our favorite NFC North team, besides Packers, obviously. Right? I think it's safe to say we're both pretty petty when it comes to our Packers. Without a doubt. It should be pretty obvious to our listeners yeah. that, you know, if, if a team has wronged us in the past and we hate Seed them. chickens, I'm looking at you. Precisely. So. And the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Oh. That's a new one, sir. Don't well, like you. well done. Yeah, Detroit's never beat us when it matters. I mean, they never beat anybody when it matters. <laughs> no, they beat Arizona and it mattered. So this was the this is the first Fair time enough. they've done it. Very thankful. In a very long time, anyways. And then we had the other the NFC North. Who cares? Bowl, more or less. I mean, the Vikings kind of sort of think they're doing something, but they're not. That game was hideous. 
good lord, that game sucked to watch. I didn't that even think we were going to discuss it because it was so bad. Hurt my eyeballs. But you know, we're called Southwood Shattered Curtain, right? And yes, what is we South, are. What is Southwood Shattered Curtain? That means that we live in Illinois. Correct. So I feel like we have to bring up them slightly. Um, if nothing else, to be like, oof, guys, that was rough. I don't feel bad. You know, I'd feel bad if it was the Lions, but since it's the Bears, I don't. But, I mean, you got Justin Fields taking sacks on a screen pass. It's just, what are you guys doing? Feel bad for the kid. He's getting beat up back there. And you had, as they said during the broadcast, 30 times a practice squad defense. I mean, you hold Kirk Cousins to 87 yards passing. Devin Cook only averages 3.2 yards per carry, 89 yards total. How do you not win that game? How do you not win that game, right? You're the Bears. Apparently, they've been hiding their second-best cornerback the entire year. This kid, I think his name's Graham. He's like the ninth-string cornerback. <laughs> comes out, and he's not terrible. I mean, And that's all I'm going to say about him, right? He just wasn't god-awful. They've been trotting out Vildor and, and all these people. They're just not good at football. Meanwhile, this kid comes out, plays great. It's like, are you just sabotaging yourself at this point? Like, what are you doing? What are Sab- you doing? Sabotaging themselves? That does not sound like the Bears that we know. No, never. I mean, David Montgomery, it felt like every time I looked up, had a nine-yard rush on first down. How do you not score if your running back's just absolutely killing it and you're holding the opposing offense to nothing? Matt Nagy. That's exactly why. So in the other game of importance for us this weekend. Yes. And I would say maybe even more surprising than the Lions winning, honestly, that Taysom Hill, former Packer, led Saints, went into Tampa, and they shut out the Buccaneers. It was they 9 nothing. They did. That was not a pretty game to watch either. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see any of it, and I'm really okay with that. You didn't miss much. You did not miss much. So not only did the Bucs lose the game, you know, pushes them one further down the, right. the ladder towards home advantage. Good job. Also, Chris Godwin, their best receiver, who is leading their team with over 1,000 yards this season and receiving, he tore his ACL. So we will not be seeing him in the playoffs. We will not. Uh, Leonard Fournette had an injury issue as well. He's on. They put him on IR. Um, there's, he'll probably come back for the playoffs. Will he be 100%? Imagine. Don't know. But you know what? And I, You don't wish injuries, serious injuries on anyone, right? Absolutely not. But does it make them a weaker team? Oh, of course. Well, a, it makes them a weaker team. And B, it's like, well, they had the world's greatest injury luck last year. That somehow, miraculously, no one ever got hurt. Right? So, I don't feel that bad. Suck Man, it up, Buttercup. That must really be terrible, having a player get hurt. I wish we knew what that was like, Luke. We Man, really can't relate, can no, we? Not at all. Oh, not wait. All. One. One of your good players. Not your best corner. And one of the top corners in the NFL. Not one of the top pass rushers in the NFL. Not the best left tackle in the NFL. And not the best left guard in the NFL? I mean, I mean, Elton's up there. He's definitely up there. My my spiel was more about like, and we're all getting all these guys back. Yeah. Probably. At least the ones I listed. Myers, we've decided is potentially probably a no, because we've heard nothing about Josh Myers, the center he, whatsoever. He might be dead. There's a chance. Maybe he just comes back for the Super Bowl. Knock on wood if we make it. Hey. That'd be cool. I mean, it's in like, what, two, three months? It's in a lot of time. It's in like a month and a week or two. Anyways, plenty of time. Math is hard. Plenty of time. (laughs) This is a football podcast, folks, not a math show, all right? We only know how to count by threes and sevens. Eights. Twos. That's all I got. (laughs) 
Alrighty. So you know, it was it was a good week, right? Yeah, we, Cowboys won. That that was about the only thing that didn't go according to plan. But really, meh. Don't care. I think us getting the number one seed is the most important thing, without a doubt. Which again, we are in position to have the number one seed. We still have to finish out our season, which brings us to our next matchup. It does. Christmas Day. Christmas Day, man. Ah, it feels good to have a, a game on Christmas Day. I hmm. uh, little anecdote, real quick. Real quick, little story here. The first game I ever went to, first pack game I ever went to was on Christmas Day. We um on Christmas Eve, we, my family does presents on Christmas Eve, right? And they handed out presents and and handed out some <clears throat> some envelopes and I opened it up and it was tickets to the Christmas Day game against the Bears in like 2006 or something. 2005, it might have been 2005. Did we win? No. Was that the really ugly Brett Favre game? It was well, ugly, and then we had a, I believe we had a big man touchdown called back. I think, like, Tauscher caught a touchdown or something, but it called back. It got called back because of, like, an illegal formation or something like that. And it was it was very upsetting, but it was also very cold. So I have a soft spot in my heart for Christmas Day games for the Packers, for sure. It's my first, very first Packer game. We lost. Let's not repeat that. Let's not repeat it. Yeah, I hope we won't either. I mean, this is a game, like we said, we should be favored in. We're going to be playing the 7-7 seven and seven Browns, who had some really poor COVID luck last week with both. I know Baker Mayfield, I believe, was out for the COVID protocol, and I think Case Keenum was as well. So they were down to Nick Mullins, who despite all the comparisons to Brett Favre on his first start for San Francisco <laughs> a couple of years back, looks nothing like Brett Favre. He does not look like Brett Favre at all. I don't even know if he still wears number four. Uh, no, he wears number nine currently. We also did not have, uh, or they also did not have Kareem Hunt. Um, he was out with COVID as well. They were also without Jarvis Landry. They they had a rough go. They had a rough go last week. So On good. Tuesday, too. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, those guys weren't cleared. And it's oh, kind of like a late game. But, yeah, Monday to Saturday. So it's a short week for them. And with all the new COVID protocol, like we're not sure who's going to be back, right? I mean, on our end, we think Kenny Clark should be back. We expect him to be back, I think. But here's hoping. I we could definitely use him, especially this game. I don't want to face Nick Chubb without Kenny Clark. I was just going to say, Nick don't Chubb. want to see it. Yeah, that could be a long game if we don't have him. Yeah, especially if um, Kareem Hunt comes back. Cause that's I right. This is the backfield that probably is up there with ours, right? I would say so. Uh, obviously they have, we don't really know what's going to happen at quarterback. Baker's probably back. I know Kevin Stefanski got cleared, uh, today, I think. So they'll have their coach back. Second time he had COVID, I guess, right? Yeah. Second time. Cause he had it in the playoffs too. Yep. Yeah, he did. So him and, uh, Sean Payton both have had it twice, I believe. Um, Austin Hooper's coming back for them. Pretty solid tight end. You know, I was just going to say they they use the tight ends a lot in this offense between do. Cooper and Joku and even Harrison Bryant like like randomly do something. The, he will randomly do something. And David and Joku is definitely one of those guys that like I would always pick in Madden because he's he's big just and fast, right? And it just it, he just hasn't really done it in the NFL. He's like okay, he's like Jermichael Finley. That's a little mean to Jermichael, but he's a physical freak that you expect to be wonderful. Is is Brandon Pettigrew about a comparison? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I just don't know, right? I, anyways, oh, we get to see our boy J.C. Treader, Former Packer. Former Packer. Man, that got kicked out for Corey Lindsley. 
also former Packer. <laughs> we really go through those uh, those centers pretty quick, don't we? Um, that we do. Yeah, we don't really pair linemen besides Bakhtiari. Correct. We really don't have to worry too much about their wide receiving core, right? They got uh, Peoples Jones is out there. Landry might be back. Not too scared that it's really just about the run game and that offensive line, and, and can we kind of match up with that? Ugh, without Kenny Clark, hopefully he's back. And then Baker, you just, he's Baker. I mean, you don't really know realistically what you're going to see week to week. You get so. good Baker, you get bad Baker. All we'll the above shows up. And I think that, I mean they're, I don't know if they're officially out of playoff contention, but it feels like they have a very hard road. If they have any shot, they have to beat us. Yeah. Well, let's just not let that happen. I agree completely. I mean, I don't love the fact that we're gonna we're gonna be playing against uh, Miles Garrett. We could definitely do without that because that could be a problem. I think we should be chipping to his side. Y- yeah, like every play. <laughs> but I and mean, let, we haven't let Big Dog chip on that side. I trust him. Because right, think about it. Who have we really? Who have been some of those edge rushers we played recently? Chandler Jones played when we Chandler played Jones. the Cardinals. Yeah, held him relatively in check. Robert Quinn played well against us. He had two sacks. He's having a great season, so I'd put him up there. I mean, Von Miller, he's not what he used to be, but he's he's still... Yeah, yeah. he didn't really do anything. Leonard Floyd. You got both of them with Donalds in the middle, so it's hard to double-team them. Yeah. So you kind of... It's a different kind of comparison there, playing that team. Which, again, after the Rams, what did we say? Did they even play? Did they do anything? Were Were they there? They are not Miles Garrett, though. Yeah, Miles Garrett's a man's man. He is a man's man. So that'll be interesting. I'm curious to kind of see what we can do against their defense. Um, that'll be interesting. I know they have some some injuries in their secondary. I know Greg Newsom, right, the young corner, he's supposed to be back. Uh, he won't be. I believe he also is in COVID protocols at this point. He's supposed to come back from injury this week is what I, I was hearing. I think uh, Delpit, the safety at LSU, who was hurt all last year. Oh, Grant Delpit. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, I think he's going to be out too for this week. So banged up secondary, we know what to do with that. We're pretty good against that. We got this guy who's pretty good at exploiting that kind of thing. So yeah, here he's all right. Yeah, yeah. best quarterback of all time. Sometimes, yeah, the goat. Anyways, so that'll be interesting. I think we should be able to kind of feast on their secondary. They're probably thinking they can feast on the run game. It'll be an interesting matchup. Right. The Browns will definitely try to run it down our throat and then do ball control, keep it out of Rogers' hands. Yep. So we have to be stout defensively. I would expect a lot of heavy boxes, bring yeah. Amos or Savage down, make Baker beat you with his arm. And very little receiving help, right? So I, I think that's, I agree, that's the way to do it. One thing, and this this I don't think this could be emphasized enough, is if Baker's back, we could be seeing the two best ball handlers at the quarterback position in the NFL, the two best people at play action. I don't know if you've been catching the recent um rogers when he's on mcafee's show but they keep talking about the the play action he keeps doing this thing called the guitar fake right it's the one where he he kind of holds the exaggerated ones one they always throw to big dog on those plays yeah always right and he shouted out that baker mayfield was probably one of his favorite people to watch do that and would you like to know why of course i would because alex van pelt familiar name right former packers coach former packers coach is now on uh, the Browns coaching staff. Wasn't that the quarterback coach that when he was fired, Rodgers was super salty about? Super pissed. And Alex Van Pelt was a quarterback at Pitt. And I guess one season or one offseason kind of sat Rodgers down and said, you're going to get really good at play action fakes. 
and just showed him his own tape, which is hilarious, by the way, to just show your own tape to someone else when you're talking to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but this is before hilarious. he was. This is probably before he was super good. Uh, or before he was super good, yeah, okay. yeah. But so could be some great play action fakes. So just something for you guys to watch out for out there. Luke's got the little sneak peek for you guys. Yeah, just watch those play action fakes, man. They're gonna hold it, especially with that run game. Baker's gonna gonna be trying to do some stuff, no doubt. And we're just gonna keep doing that guitar fake. Give it to Big Dog. He'll truck like twelve people. It's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it. And we'll see if we can take advantage of their secondary store like we did against Baltimore because they were super banged up as well. Exactly, exactly. And they're kind of what Baltimore did. We didn't even get into it too much. Was they just put the entire defense on Devontae Adams at times? It was comical to watch. It was hilarious. Can we just circle back for one second before we end? Talking about guys yeah. that, you know, how do you make it to the NFL and have this low football IQ? So like Luke said, you know, they're having the whole defense on Devontae. Not literally, folks, but there were several times where it was straight up double coverage. Two men covering Devontae. And Rodgers brought up post game that Devontae had like the Megatron treatment. Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson is one of the best receivers we've ever seen. Oh, freak. Six Such five, behemoth, fastest guy in the field, just just a monster. Played in Detroit, just like a man amongst boys. There's a very famous image of Calvin Johnson at the goal line, and there were two guys lined up against him. And Baltimore did pretty much the same thing, right? But they had when the team did against Calvin Johnson, they lined up on either side of him, so Calvin was in the middill. So you could defend, you know, either the right. interior or the, or the outside. You're playing both inside and outside shade. Precisely. To limit the route tree. Correct. So this the corner that they lined up, one of the corners they lined up against Devontae in the, in the red zone. I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. So they lined him up head-to-head, straight on Devontae. Which makes no sense. And then there was somebody shaded to the inside. So then, you know, you have the inside, at least contested, maybe not taken away. But then why, why is that corner not lined to the outside? Right, Devontae's obviously going to try to get outside. Especially when you line up like that? Like, dude, what are you thinking? You have help to the inside. Right. And Devontae, is, is, he's wide out there, right? You only have like two or three yards to cover on the outside. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. But I expect more of that as the season kind of goes on, personally. Especially against banged up secondaries. Like, they don't have what, Jalen Johnson to just put out there on him. Or Jalen Ramsey. Anybody named Jalen, apparently, to play cornerback um, against us. Let me do a so, quick search of the Browns roster to see if there's any Jalens. Yeah, it's, as far as I know, there are no Jalens playing cornerback. Um, I have a Javante. Okay. Jordan. John Johnson. Just Jeremiah. I feel like John Johnson. John Johnson's a safety. They're not going to put John Johnson on Javante. <laughs> what a name, though. Anyways, we're getting a little off track here. But so it'll be an interesting game. Um, just kind of both teams are very much going to play to their own strengths, right, and not really get off that. So if we can force Cleveland to throw, we're going to win, right? It's it's pretty simple. We should win. Uh, we should. We should win. have success. We should. we should be successful. What Correct. have we learned about talking too much shit? That I can do whatever I want, but you can't. Or at least I can't talk yeah, shit. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> so in the spirit of of not talking shit, I want to end the show. Okay. With, you know, we're talking about this game. It's on Christmas. Christmas Day. So I wanted to wish all of our loyal listeners a Merry Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever you celebrate. And if you don't celebrate anything, then I just hope you're doing well. Absolutely. Happy holidays to everyone. Happy, ho- happy holidays. And we'll catch you next week.
Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.